Now, Dr. 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 Applejaws is not as refreshing as lemonade. Well, good afternoon, everybody. This is Dale Whitworth with Stories from Lemons podcast. Excited to join you guys today. Uh, I got another amazing guest with me, co-hosting with Dan Sharp. Dan, how are you, buddy? Doing fantastic, man. Love being on the. Dan, tell me, how's the weather in Seattle today? Little overcast, little overcast, but it's warm. I think it'll clear up here soon. Okay, okay. Good stuff. So, you just got back from Utah. How was Utah? Yes, sir. Little hot. I would say a little hot. Little, little hot. Little okay, okay. Well, today, man, I'm excited about our guest today. You and I are, uh, know her very well. Miss Olivia Jones, Assistant Territory Manager for the Washington Alaska Territory with Colonial Life. Known Olivia, well, going on uh, five years, I guess, my whole career at Colonial. Olivia's been here, I think, for about seven years. When I came here, she was the territory recruiter. And uh, very quickly, the number one recruiter, I believe, in the whole country got promoted. I don't know what they call that position, but she was traveling around training other, other territory recruiters on how to recruit so well. I don't think she's ever missed a uh, recruiting plan in the seven years. So, I mean, we're talking about 28 plans or quarters in a row that she's did a recruiting plan. Unbelievable. A millennial who's driven, who's uh, insightful, who's got vision, and she's really taken over our territory, getting it in a, in, a, in a great new direction with culture and leadership. And again, I'm super excited to have her on today. Olivia, are you on? I'm here. Good afternoon, Dale. Hey, so we cannot wait to start picking your brain today. I know that there are people out there that want to hear what you have to say, would like to know more about your past, know more about how you got where you are, the things, your mindset. So uh, without further ado, let's just dive right in and start hearing from you. Cool. I'm excited. Hey, Dan. How you doing? Doing great. Looking forward to talking with okay. you. So, so, Joan, tell us a little bit about your story. Okay. Um, so I guess we can start with you know, who I am, where I come from. I think it's really important to understand the spot that somebody's cut from. Um, I grew up in Federal Way, Washington, in a normal, seriously, like the most normal household you could have. I grew up on a cul-de-sac with a basketball hoop in a suburban family-style home. I grew up with a very unique, interesting family, a uh, multiracial family that's always stuck with me. People might not think it's weird now, but it wasn't the most common thing, especially kind of in Federal Way, Washington, where I'm from. So grew up, um, had lots of friends, had a pretty interesting upbringing, and we can get into that a little bit later if we're talking into details about my story. Super competitive athlete. Um, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I actually swam for 12 years. Um, was a competitive swimmer. I went to state when I was 12 years old, but that was kind of in my youth. And then I got into softball and volleyball, and I had some really major injuries happen to me in high school. I was actually supposed to go to college for fastfit, and I had some major injuries happen to me. So I guess, you know, when we're talking about sales and motivation and career, I had some great things that happened to me as a young person, but I also had some roadblocks. 
So I had injuries. I had an addiction in my family. I had um, lot, a lot of deaths in my family happened too, all the way up until age 18. So um, I, I'm, I'm a normal person. I don't come from nudy, rich background. I come from a working class family and I've always had instilled in me and engraved in me a very strong work ethic. And it probably is because I'm I'm not from super humble beginnings, but I'm a pretty normal person that didn't want to just have a normal life. So that's, I guess, like rationally, that's a little bit about my story. Perfect. So, Olivia, so you, uh, where'd you go to college? Yeah, great question. So, go see Woo. I went to Central Washington University in a little town called Ellensburg. Um, absolutely love Central. Um, a little bit more about me. I actually have a farm. I have 28 animals that I get to come home to every single day. And I think a lot of why I like animals and I like uh, farming kind of weird. But anyway, because I went to Central Washington University and at Central, it's kind of in a farming community. They are farms a table. They have horses. They have ranches. They have um, kids that literally ride their horses to class, which I always love. And I love people during the day. Obviously, my, I'm in sales, but I love animals because they don't talk. And sometimes it's nice when you're in sales <laughs> to go <laughs> go home and have people that you don't have to talk to, right? Or have animals. They're not people. But yeah, so I that was love sales. That was a mistake I made with children. They talk back. <laughs> What, so what was your major at Central? Yeah, so my major, well, to even back it up, I, I was always kind of like the class clown. I always got in trouble for talking. I always just wanted to be social. I had lots of friends. I was kind of like the jock, the athlete. And I was really bad at math. I was really bad at science. I was pretty much only good at talking, writing, speaking, anything that had to do with that. So... At Central, I decided my major was going to be communication studies. So communication is public speaking, talking about rhetoric, talking about um, why you say what you do and how you say what you need to say. So, um, yeah, essentially I was a public speaking major, Dan. Well, well, good thing for that because you definitely helped with my speaking. So there you go. (laughs) All right. So, Olivia, how would you say, I mean, I know a little bit about your your family, where you came from, things like that. How would you say that the events in your life, the, the culture that you grew up on, all those kind of things have changed the, your perception and how you view life? Yeah, I think it probably has to do a lot more with how I was brought up versus more or less, I, I don't portray that it was because of my upbringing, but probably the person I am today had a great deal with it. Again, I'll just go back. I grew up in a multiracial home. My mom was a little white lady. My dad's a big black guy. And it's hard to fit in. I know this might sound super weird, but it's hard to fit in when you can't identify with one culture. So we talk about that at work a lot. We talk about work culture, but it's just the same as family culture or race culture or friendship culture, right? So I grew up in predominantly um, like Caucasian neighborhood, Caucasian school. And it was pretty interesting trying to be a chameleon to make friends, to try to try to fit in. So I did my best with my voice to try to fit in with people versus the color of my skin. Um, and I just kind of ran with it. I was always myself and I was always the social butterfly just to ensure that I had a place or had a place to fit in. So my dad also, my dad was, the primary parent in my family, which usually it doesn't matter. But for me, my mom was a secondary parent with support and assets and time 
And my dad was the primary parent. So I kind of grew up as a tomboy, kind of grew up as an athlete. I kind of grew up as get over it. If you fell off your bike, stick some dirt in it. And you guys know me to this day that I'm still that way. No excuses. I can, I will listen to you and I will empathize, but sympathy, you're going to have to go find somebody else because I really don't have that. And it's probably, it's not a bad thing. It's just, it's just how I grew up. I literally grew up with a baseball cap backwards and running around with all the neighborhood boys. So um, love my childhood for that, but it has a lot to do with my dad was my go-to friend, mentor, guiding coach as a little girl versus my mom. Um, so I grew right. up with a lot of his attitude and a lot of his experiences and a lot of his, a lot of his voice. I mean, if you talk to my dad to this day, you're thinking you're talking to me with a bald head and a goatee, seriously, because we are the most similar person in the world. I hope that answers your question, Dale, or Dan. Absolutely. So, Livia, that's great, um, you know, getting to hear more about that. So, you know, going to Central and and the things that you've gone through, you know, in your childhood and stuff, what really attracted this is really your only career you've ever had, correct, with Colonial? Yeah, so career-wise, yeah, I... My extended family owns a restaurant business, so I was a waitress there for about five years between 18, or really actually between 16 and 21 area right before I started with Colonial. So yeah, I mean, I've had like a waitress, customer service type job, things like that within the the extended family business. I coached volleyball, but an actual career, something to sink my teeth into, something to get up and have my why, what motivates me to make an income. Colonial Life has not only been my employer. They've literally been my family, and I've grown up with them for a good portion of my life. A fourth or almost a third of my life I've been here at Colonial. So they've, yeah, they've so essentially... seven years, right? <laughs> yeah, seven years. So what made that, what made that decision for you um, to really come on board, but not only that, but stay for as long as you have? The decision to come on board was pretty easy. The gentleman who gave me the opportunity, Scott Nelson, in my interview... He basically said, yeah, Olivia, you're great. You have a good smile. You're friendly. You're personable. All you have to do is hire people all day long. You'll be just fine. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do that. I can totally hire people. That's going to be easy. They want jobs, right? Well, 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 well. My first day, Scott then decided to tell me, oh, yeah, and they don't necessarily want to work here. You have to find them. <laughs> so it was, it was pretty easy to come on board. Um, but it was a, you guys, it was a learning curve. I, I literally, and no, no um, embarrassment on my part. I lived with my mom and dad when I started Colonial. I just moved back from college. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I, st- I moved back into my old bedroom that had clouds and blue on the, on the, on the walls. And I, I literally was like, Dad, I cannot do this job. I don't think I can do this. I'm not sure I like the people. I'm a baby. I can't even drink alcohol yet. They're insurance people. It's almost a mandatory. <laughs> and I was like, I cannot go to work. I, I cannot do this. This is too much of a big girl job for me. And he was just such the greatest coach, the greatest mentor through it. And yeah, for probably for my first five, six months, I was unsure. I was unsure after five and before eight, but as soon as I got to work, I was the brightest, most confident person you would ever see because I don't care if you're happy at your job or you're not happy at your job. There's a time and place and you have to perform. You have to be on stage 
as soon as you go, as soon as you clock in, as soon as your mindset is I'm at work. So I essentially faced it. I faced it and me telling myself to be positive and enthusiastic and that you can do it, even though literally in the parking lot, I didn't want to come inside. But I told myself I could do it. I was starting to get the hang of it. I actually really started to be good at it and enjoy it. And I sold myself. I literally sold myself because there were a good few months where I was, I was seriously not loving things. It was a completely new environment. I was working with people 30 years older than me. It was very, it was very hard at first, but I just rolled with the punches and it worked, it worked out for me. Olivia, going back to a little bit to how you were raised, you were talking about your dad and man, I relate to that so much. If you ask my kids to suck it up, buttercup, the, you know, put some dirt in your knee, that's, that's me to a T. So let me ask you this question. You have been, what I would that are very successful in your role here at Colonial. And you've made leadership conference four times out of seven years. You're directly in charge of one of the fastest growing territories in colonial life. What do you say to somebody who says that's not fair? So <clears throat> question, that's not fair that I've that I've grown fast or like they don't think life's fair. So no, they don't think life is fair. Well, that's not fair. Who has that? That's not their mindset. Oh, so I guess my this is my you know strong personality coming out. But if somebody says that's not fair to anybody who is successful at a young or old age, or I don't actually really care their age. If somebody says that's not fair, my initial question would be: Do we breathe the same air? Do we breathe the same air? Do we have the same heartbeat? Do we literally, if you cut us open, do we have the same blood? Because I'm not sure what's not fair. I had the exact opportunity as you did, or maybe even a worse. I did not have a perfect upbringing. So it's, it's more or less when you decide. People do make decisions. Now, I will say there are pre-existing conditions on why some people make better or worse decisions. But truly, there are times in your life where you can choose your own path. Um, you can decide if you want to get up. You can decide if you want to be knocked down. And more people, there are a lot of people that have a bundle, a bundle, a basket, a bag full of excuses to why they didn't. And we accept them. I think the hard part is, is that we accept them. Oh, I became a drug addict because I grew up in a family of drug addicts. Or I became an alcoholic because my parents drank. Or I became, I'm a homeless person because of X, Y, Z, X. But what about the same person that had the exact same opportunity and they did something else with it? Uh Uh-uh. No excuses. No excuses for me. I am just not going to listen to it because someone will have similar fingerprint of a story to you. And they're the president of the United States or or whoever they are. They're... They're the mayor. They're the CEO. They're the whatever. So when everybody says I have a story, your story can can give you the courage to take it to the next level versus give you the excuse to be behind. That's my personal sure. opinion. So, Olivia, I kind of want to go back to you talked about you made a comment about when you came on and, you know, there's kind of a struggle because you're younger, you know, young at the time and, and you're working with people who are 30 years older than you. Right. So there's a lot of millennials coming into the workforce today. And, you know, and that's going to be the challenge. How are you to have that confidence? What made you have confidence in yourself 
do, because you actually interviewed me, hired me, and <laughs> I'm not 30 years older, but, you know, I'm a few years older. And how was it, how is it, <laughs> how is it that you get people to buy into you? Hey, now, hey, now, that's not, I would say it's closer to, you know, the teens. I'm going to go with that. So, but, you know, I would just say, I'm just curious, how did you get that confidence? Because for me, when, when I sat down with you, age wasn't, didn't come to me at all. Age was not a factor. Yeah. And I know why, in my opinion. And, and again, I had the privilege and the opportunity to, to be able to sit down with you at that time. And, but I imagine there's got to be some challenges there that you've come across where you've had those conflicts with people who are older and, and see you at the age that you are. Um, because again, you're going to have a lot of people who are coming into this industry going through that same thing. How did you overcome that? Yeah, so great question. So even before I even answer that, uh, I think millennials forget that we were we we're pretty much the people in the 80s and 90s, were born in the 80s and 90s. We're the people, the only generation in the history of generations who are able to have the last four generations in our life, okay? So millennials are able to connect with Generation X right? Generation X are potentially our big brothers and sisters. We're also able to connect with the baby boomers who are essentially our parents. We're also able to connect with the silent generation who are our grandparents, who are people born in the Great Depression and things like that. So we're actually the only generation who has all of the living population we've had some contact with, we've had some connection with. Therefore, you know, as a millennial, my advice to somebody, before I talk about my own experience, my advice to a millennial going into the workplace, you know these people. You might not know them individually, but you have people like them in your life that are the same age. And all you have to do is connect with them as, as you would connect with your own friends and family. Um, so that's my personal advice to millennials. Um, my How I overcame that is essentially if a uh, if there's that big elephant in the room, like obviously I'm 21 years old and you're 55 years old, I didn't even make it a deal. If somebody was like, well, wh why are you so young? Or, or how, how are you doing this at such young age? I was like, who's young? Who in the room is young? I don't know who you're talking about because I'm not even worried about age right now. My confidence level is probably a little bit too high when it comes to things because I didn't, I couldn't make it. I, I've never been one to shy away from my age. Age is just another factor in this whole game of life, right? I have lived so many more years than somebody my age due to my life, due to my experiences and due to my family. I was the, I, I have been the leader of my family since I was 10 years old, literally 10 years old. So my soul or my mind is not of a, a 27 year old. I'm light years ahead of my friends or colleagues in regards to wisdom, growth, or experiences. And that's not because I wanted to. It was just because I had to. My family put me in a situation. Do I love my family? Absolutely. Do I resent them? Absolutely. Do I thank them? Absolutely. Because if they didn't put me through all of the challenges that they did, I wouldn't be here today. So hope that answers that question. Absolutely. I, I, yeah. That was great, actually. Really interesting. So, Olivia, I think that you are really connecting with a lot of a lot of people who listen to this are really going to connect with you. And so, I really appreciate all the stuff you're saying. Um, I got another question for you, which kind of hit this topic. But how do you think mindset plays into someone succeeding? 
And I'm going to follow that up with a second question, because I think I know how you're going to answer that. If someone's mindset's not right, what do you think, what are some steps or what do you think needs to happen for them to change it? So two questions. How does mindset play into someone succeeding or not? And if the mindset's not right, what are some things that they can do to help change that? Great. Okay, good question. So first one, how much do you think mindset plays into somebody succeeding? I think it plays 99% of the factor um, of them going to succeed or fail. You can you can put on a pair of shoes, you can put on a pair of clothes, you can put on some lipstick, some perfume, and look the role. But if you do not feel the role, if you literally don't wake up, eat, sleep, and breathe the role, um, I'm not saying don't have work-life balance, but in regards to how you identify your work or your family or as a mom or as a dad or as a CEO, whatever, you have to identify as the person you want to become, right? So when people say it's just a job, just go to work, I, I don't I don't know if I believe that or I don't I don't think they're all the way in. You have to have the mindset of this is who I am and I'm okay with it. So a lot of people I also think Dale when it comes to mindset, they are not passionate or happy about what they do. Therefore, they don't care what their mindset is. You have to literally be passionate. You have to love. You have to, you have to be excited about what you do and, and own it to the, to the max. So that has a lot to do with what you implant in your brain, what you hear and what you listen and what you watch and, and what you say and, and how you react to people. I mean, mindset is not just about reading a book and having good thoughts. Mindset is another in my in my world another way of how you identify how you how you view things. Um, you and I could be looking at the same thing, Dale, but depending on my mindset, I'm gonna I'm gonna see something different than you, right? So um, I think you just have to make that make that connection and make sure your your mindset is yeah it needs to be positive. I agree with everybody there, but your mindset needs to be on who and what you are. And then everything else will be positive if you believe in it. Perfect. And what was your second part of the question? You did it. You answered it. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Good. <laughs> so, Olivia, I kind of piggybacking on the mindset portion of it. You know, what is, what's your current role right now? In work? In, in Colonial, yep. Um, so my current what, role. What's your title? What's your role? Yeah. Current role is Associate Territory Sales Manager, but if you ask me, what I did all day long, I would say I coach, mentor, and lead a group of people to multiple different types of goals that they want to achieve, and I help facilitate their vision. That's literally what I do all day long. So you went from recruiter to mm-hmm. associate territory sales manager, and mm-hmm. kind of going on the mindset uh, form here. How have you being in the corporate, because we're going to have people who are on the corporate side of things and people who are 1099 listening to this. How have you been able to connect being in the corporate structure with, the, with that kind of a mindset, being able to connect with those who are 1099 and build those relationships? How, I, how have I been able to connect? So I would say I'm a pretty good salesperson. I'm pretty good at talking, but I'm also pretty good at listening. I might not have the highest sympathy card, but I have a very, very good idea of what people need at the time, right? So if somebody needs to be heard, I will make sure in that moment, I will be the best listener. If you've identified that, I think you really just have to identify what somebody needs at the time 
and you have to be willing to do what it takes to give it to them. I'm not a selfish person. I'm the most selfless person that you'll ever find in the world. And I'm, I'm probably you and Dan and Dale, you guys can attest to that. You cannot have a selfish bone in your body as a large leader of a corporation. Um, so with that question, the way I've been able to connect is, is to be able to listen, to understand, to, hey, it's okay. I, I mean, nobody is perfect. We have ideal in the world, but we don't have perfect. I also have been super vulnerable. Um, at our last meeting this past week, we talked about vulnerability. I do not know everything. And I will be the first person to say, I don't know. Why don't you show me? Why don't you teach me? Because you guys have been that way with me. You don't know everything either. So you guys are vulnerable and I have had to be the exact same way. Um, just making sure you don't have this facade that you're perfect or that you know everything. Um, you're, the walls will come down and people will be much more um, open and able to connect with you back. Okay. Good. Olivia, I'm telling you what. People, this is, this is amazing. You have really spoke to people. Um, and if they start to listen to this, they are going to, this is going to really resonate with them. So this is kind of the magic question that we end all of these podcasts with. So what would you say to somebody who thinks they've been given a bad hand or they've been given lemons? What do you say to that person? You deal with, we have hundreds of people in, in this territory. So you get calls, emails, what do you say to the person who's just got the attitude that, man, bad things are always happening to me or whatever? What do you what do you say to that person? What's your coaching? I guess I would not try to fix anybody's problem, right? So I'm just another human being. I'm just another person. And I'm not here to fix their problem. If they said that they've been given a bad hand of lemons, I literally would ask them, I would ask them a question. Um, the questions could look, I don't know, the questions could literally be, what other options do you have? <laughs> what are the other options out there? What can you do to make sure that this changes? We all literally think people forget that the, the story, the story for our life starts with line one, starts with line one. So if you have line one already written, I'm pretty sure we can go back and erase it. Pretty sure we can retype it and go back and retype it or go back. So they have to continue to ask the question, hmm, if I'm not happy where I'm at or I've been dealt a bad hand, what other options do I have to make sure that I change it? But within those sentences, you keep hearing I. I'm not talking about other people or what I've been, what people have been doing to me or what people have done to me. It's what can I do to make those changes? How can I benefit from those results? What is my result, right? What resources do I have? Who can I talk to? It's all about the power of them making those small changes to make sure that they change their life. Nobody is responsible for anybody but themselves. Oh, man. Dan, so good. Yes, sir. Oh, you know, and anyway. you know, we've, we've had the opportunity to really both of us start our career with Olivia and just yeah. get to see the opportunity and... and Again, absolutely, age has nothing to do with it. Um, she has such a older soul and great wisdom with what she's, you know, through the life that she's gone through to help us. And, you know, that's what's really awesome about this is we've got to see her grow as well. She's got to see us grow through through this business so far. Yeah, and I, I will attest to the fact that there's not a more giving heart than 
and Olivia Jones. She, I've watched her be humbled in my office, so she will, uh, she will be more than willing to say, I don't know, or, or I didn't know that. And she's also the first one to say, I'll help with that. I'll do that. I'll take care of that. And, you know, a lot of that, uh, she doesn't get, you know, people don't reimburse her. Things don't happen. She just does stuff. And so I've watched her do it over over time and time again. And uh, I really believe that it's that hard, it's that mindset that helps her get to the next level, get to where she is today. So, Olivia, man, we can't thank you enough. I'm telling you what, I, I've got a millennial in the car with me who I'm sure has been so blessed by everything that you said today. Um, she's nodding her head, so I think we got it. So uh, you you really are going to have blessed people. And uh, I, I know your time is valuable. I know you had calls this morning and you got stuff going on. So thank you so much for taking your time out to talk with me and Dan. And Dan, always, I appreciate your time. I know you got a busy schedule also. So thank you so much, guys. And uh, I will look forward to talking to you and hearing from you guys soon. All right? Thanks, Dale. appreciate your time today. Lovely talking to you and Dan. Enjoy your guys this Friday. All right. Thank thanks. you, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Bye-bye. We got it, Brandon? Yes, sir, we did. Good to go. Uh, yeah, so just if you email me a copy of that, I'll get it off to my audio guy, and we'll be good to go. Alrighty, I will get that to you by the end of the day. Appreciate it. Hey, man, I totally appreciate your help with this. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. Yes, sir, you're welcome. Have a good weekend. You too, bye-bye. Bye-bye.